Truth for the Morning, Daily Reflections from God's Word Day 1. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Seeing the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. In the Gospel of Matthew in chapters 5 through 7, we have recorded for us the greatest sermon that has ever been preached, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Here we see Jesus beautifully and authoritatively explain for us the gospel or good news of the kingdom of God. As we make our way through this sermon, it's important to remember that while we're biting off small chunks at a time, the sermon is meant to be understood as connected thoughts and ideas, not separate lessons having nothing to do with each other. I'll do my best to reflect that cohesiveness in my writing each day. While the Pharisees and the scribes of that day regarded and taught their religion as a predominantly external exercise centered around strict adherence to their oft-twisted and confused understanding of God's law, Jesus explains in this sermon that being a citizen of God's kingdom requires far more than externals. Belonging to God's kingdom is first a matter of the heart that then reflects outward. While obedience to God is the proper outworking of a true inward faith, outward works of religion mean nothing apart from a heart that is lit aflame and changed by God's truth. As we begin our journey to grow in our understanding and love for God and His Word, I can think of no better place to start than here. I should also make it very clear that what follows in this sermon, and especially in the first 12 verses of chapter 5, is not a how to become a child of God or citizen of God's kingdom. It is not a list to check off. Rather, Jesus is describing what genuine relationship with God looks like in the life of one that has embraced the gospel. In other words, these aren't works or steps that get us in the door of the kingdom. They are descriptive of one that has already been changed by the gospel. As we pick up at the start of Jesus' sermon, we begin with what is commonly known as the Beatitudes. This word comes from a Latin phrase meaning to be in a state of blessedness. What we see Jesus doing as he begins this sermon is describing true characteristics of those that are blessed or happy. One who is described by this word has a joy that is not created or affected by worldly circumstances, but rather their heart has been satisfied by the fact that God has shown them favor. The first characteristic of Jesus, the first characteristic Jesus points to of those that are considered blessed is that they are poor in spirit. I can remember being a child and always being bewildered by this verse. I think the main reason I was so perplexed by it is because logically it doesn't make much sense. How is one who is poor also blessed? And if we're going to be poor in anything, surely we wouldn't want to be poor in spirit, whatever that means. The word poor that Jesus uses here is very often used to refer to beggars in the New Testament. It is used to refer to those that were lame, paralyzed, invalid, destitute of earthly goods, and totally unable to help themselves. 
It calls to mind the story in John 5 of the paralyzed man laying by the pool called Bethesda that couldn't even place himself into the water. When Jesus says poor in spirit, he's not referring to earthly goods. He's referring to a mindset. He's referring to an attitude of the heart before God, a deep awareness and understanding that before God, we're spiritual paupers. We bring nothing to the table and can do nothing to help ourselves spiritually. This mindset flies in the face of our culture that wants to believe they are capable of producing within themselves all that they'll ever need, spiritually speaking. How many times have you been told, you're good enough, you're worthy, you have all you need inside of you? While that sounds good in a song or a tagline in a Disney movie, the fact of the matter is that it couldn't be more untrue. Left to yourself, you're destitute. There's no inherent goodness inside of you. There's nothing within you that commends you to God. You're spiritually bankrupt. You're a sinner that has spurned God at every point, and you're in desperate need of a righteousness that is not your own. Consider what Paul quotes in his letter to the Romans. As it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they've become worthless, and no one does good, not even one. The one who realizes they are spiritually poor is blessed. Blessed because it is only when we realize our spiritual bankruptcy that we are then able to look to the one who can do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Blessed because of the future promise that because God has revealed our deep spiritual need to us and we have looked to him to satisfy the need, the kingdom of heaven is ours. Are you relying on your own righteousness? Are you banking on your own goodness to ensure your citizenship in God's kingdom? You're trying to draw water from an empty well. Understand your deep need for righteousness that is not your own. And look to Christ, the only one who can provide it. Turn from trusting in yourself and put all your hope in his finished work. There's great blessedness in realizing your spiritual bankruptcy.